Hey, just real quick before I get into the podcast, I just wanted to give a quick update on my relationship and I said it was only going to take five seconds because I don't want to have much space for it, but now it's going to take like 30 or something. Um, so basically I said on my story that my boyfriend and I had gotten back together after a certain conversation that was had and I just wanted to make sure that was clear on here because I did mention it a couple of times early on in the episode and yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it because we have certain boundaries that we have set around what is public and what is not about our relationship because um, yeah, that's just how it is and I'm fine with it and they're fine with it and that's all I'm going to say for now. So thank you. Yes. Okay, bye. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to. Are you fucking okay? No, it's okay. I'm not okay either. Okay, I'm so tired. All right, that's my first reaction among many things. I'm tired. Um, honestly, don't even know where to begin <laughs> this week. Um, I mean, I, I did take a couple weeks off. All right. I took a break. Breaks are a thing that happens. Took a break from the podcast because I was like, I need to reassess myself commitment wise, you know? So a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to volunteer for something and I was like, you know, I had a bunch of other commitments outside of work and I was like, you know what? Let me just take a week, reassess, not do anything except for what absolutely needs to be done for a week. And then I will come back and I will realize that I am fine. And that happened. And then, um, you know, as you know, a lot of things in the world started happening. And before I even mention those, I guess I will give a little bit of a disclaimer. We're going to talk about current politics and current, you know, social actions, right? This is a mental health podcast, and I don't want you to think that it's not. At the same time, you know, mental health is a social justice issue, and it's a very political issue. And you can't just talk about one without talking about the other when ableism exists, because mental health is also an ableist issue. And, you know, not everybody may, may see it that way at first, but you know it's definitely there you know you can't talk about mental health without talking about for example how ableist um american healthcare is you know why am i paying anything to get medication that could save my life why am i fighting you know maybe not fighting but why are certain privileges of you know a therapist and medication why are those you know acquired by some people and not everybody Right. Why is why are there some people who cannot afford medication that could save their life or, you know, mental health care that could save their life? And so um, you, you just can't talk about one and not the other. I mean, it's not they're not you know mutually exclusive or however that phrasing goes. You have to combine both or otherwise, you know, your message might not be as effective. I mean, that's really just how it is. Like you can talk about self-care and this and that. And you can talk about, oh, I work out. I go to the gym every week and I feel way better for my, or way better, you know, just myself in general. Um, but if you're not also talking about how some people can't afford a gym membership every month, that's fucking 22, 30, 40, 50 dollars a month. If you're not talking about that, then you're then you're not 
encapsulating the full scope of mental health because even on the subject of affordability that's a mental health issue in that the very the very kind of baseline thing that like finances make me nervous that is anxiety imagine if you already have anxiety disorder and you are you know trying to navigate expenses and finances in a system that is again incredibly ableist and does not care does not care and that is we, we we've seen that you know in the last week and a half with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, for example. Um, and on that note as well, you know, before I even say anything else on that, let me just say, I am not a birthing person. I don't have a uterus. I cannot get pregnant. I cannot give birth to somebody. So here's how this would break down for me. This is how talking about this breaks down for me. I don't have a uterus. I cannot give birth. And on top of that, I do have a body that biologically can get somebody else pregnant. Now, I am not thinking anything about attraction. I'm not thinking anything about relationships. I'm not thinking about any of that because all of that is not important right now and uh, the way I'm seeing it. I'm thinking about it in the very structural way of I don't have a uterus. I can't give birth, but I can biologically get somebody pregnant. So what do you do? <laughs> What do you do in that situation when something like this is happening? Um, I would like to pass on the platform to somebody else is, you know, my decision, right? Um, I could talk all day and all night about how, you know, I am angered by how Roe v. Wade has been overturned. For those who don't know, Roe v. Wade was a court case that um, the Supreme Court at one point said, you know, abortion rights are protected. They are a constitutional right. And, you know, even as that was going on, there have still been, you know, abortion bans being passed on the state level. So, for example, Florida passed like a 15-week abortion ban. I think pretty recently that was ruled unconstitutional against the Florida's constitution. So that is, you know, its own state level thing. But nationally, it was protected. You could go to an abortion clinic, even though you know, the layout of that was kind of shitty because there would be one in the whole state sometimes. But you go to an abortion clinic um, and your right to an abortion was, at least in the Supreme Court's eyes at the time, um, a constitutional right that you are able to do. So recently they had uh, voted to overturn that. And rightfully so, people are fucking pissed. And I remember, I think maybe... A couple months ago, it was like a couple months ago, I was at a, a, a protest, a rally um, around abortion rights when they were discussing overturning it. And I'm not going to name people, obviously, but it was really, there was this really weird experience that had happened. Okay. I remember, um, you know, there was a presence of male allies and I could, I could infer that they were cis men because they were saying her choice instead of my choice, right? When you're doing the chant that's going my body, my choice, or my body, her choice in this case. And I was like, okay, cool, fine, fine, whatever. And then they started leading a chant at one point. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? Um yeah i don't i don't know i don't even know what that whole experience was 
Um, but I think in my head, I was honestly just like forming this opinion that I am sharing today about like, why don't you just not say anything? <laughs> you know? Um, and like, it, it's not even that hard. I was, I was like, you know, th- this is not, you know, even in the, in the context of reproductive freedom, you know, there are plenty of other contexts where that does not even make sense. Like, imagine if you were going to a protest or rally on the Don't Say Gay Bill that passed in Florida. If you were a straight person and, you know, people could infer that you were straight based off of what you said or something like that. If you're straight, why in the hell would you go out of your way to lead a chant? And it was like, I, I don't remember everybody's reaction at the time, but it was like, I know my reaction was just like, dude, um, what do I even, uh, it was mostly confusion, but it was also just a kind of twinge of like, stop talking, <laughs> you know? Cause I was like, I'm just going to be there. I was going to, you know, provide some solidarity with, um, the people who will actually be affected, you know, by Roe v. Wade overturning. Right. Um, and even then, I suppose that is a conversation on allyship, right? Um, and and allyship being different from solidarity. And, you know, if we're talking about what can non-birthing people do, here is something extra that I would recommend. In addition to not, you know, giving your input in certain spaces, um, the other thing would be to not necessarily just be an ally but to as many people will say in the space stand in solidarity with people who will be affected by you know the overturning right so what would that look like um maybe if your family member or co-worker or so on and so forth if they're saying something shitty about reproductive rights you know call them out you know, tell them that what they're saying is wrong. It is incorrect. It's shitty. It's crappy. Um, call out people in your everyday life and not for the purpose of, you know, putting it online so that you can get some kind of like headline of like male allies being helpful. Like that is not, it's not about you, you know, it's not about me. And even that is something that I'm also thinking about is like, well, I'm talking about Roe v. Wade and it is probably a little easier for me to talk about because I am not being directly affected. So what role do I play? Right. What can I be doing? And I have kind of given that some thought and I was thinking like bring on people onto this podcast who are going to be affected, who already are affected and have been for a long time because as many people have already pointed out you know um roe v wade had several opportunities to be codified into law codified codified i don't know even with roe v wade existing several people have already been denied an abortion they have already faced you know several anti-abortion protesters they have already been harassed at clinics and so that is also very important to consider there's a lot of intricacies into what is happening right now 
And so I truly don't believe that I am in any space to by myself talk about that. Um, but I am now and always should be and will be in a capacity to call other people out on it, on their shit. If I spot it, that would be kind of the difference between being an ally only and standing in solidarity. You know, it's not, it's not enough for me to post like a fucking pink square or whatever. And then be like, that's it. I support people. No, (laughs) you've got to actually do more. Um, You've got to do more for communities that are going to be more affected by things happening than you. I mean, it's really that simple. You either stand in, in solidarity or you remain complicit in what is happening. And standing in solidarity does not mean taking over the mic. It's not means taking taking the center away from people who will actually be affected. It doesn't mean leading chance. <laughs> it's like it's 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 there's just so much more than that. And there's so many more different things that people could be doing. And that's really it. But honestly, no matter, you know, what the perspective is, it's still important to check in on yourself. You know? Honestly, this kind of reminds me of my second episode where I'm, you know, talking about the Uvalde shooting in Texas. And, you know, I I kept saying, check in with yourself, but also to express how you feel in whatever way you feel necessary. It does not matter what other people think of how you're externalizing it. All right. It is not their pain to externalize. It's yours. And I I guess sometimes I'm just like, well, what advice can I give other than take care of yourself? But maybe also taking care of yourself encompasses different things for different people. And so I'm like, well, I I want to give sensitive advice, but I also want to give good advice, if that makes sense. But regardless, you know, we've seen the the different ways that people are responding to Roe being overturned. You know, there's a lot of protesting. There's a lot of rallying. There's a lot of talking to individual people. There's a lot of just general activism, right? And hopefully on the other side of that argument, there's some solidarity being formed and not in a performative way in an actual way that would affect actual individual people who don't realize that they're being shitty for lack of a better word. And that's not even getting to other things that I do feel a little more comfortable talking about by myself, which is just, you know, people kind of realizing the structure of this whole system in general right so let's take this in for example you know in many different occasions in many different rulings and many different you know events happening you know the response is seemingly always just well somebody's got to do something (laughs) somebody's got to do this we won't stand for this and it's like 
And it's like, you know, those same people who say that stuff have also just let it happen. I'll get political for a minute. Hey, Biden, what's up? (laughs) How long have you been in Congress for? How long have you had to advocate for, you know, passing Roe v. Wade into law? Isn't there something more you could do than, you know, posting something like, I will not stand for this. If you won't stand for this stuff happening, then you've got to prove it. Because not everybody that is hating on you is some really conservative Republican Trumpy whatever. You know, that's not everybody's Biden hate story. (laughs) All right. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, there have been plenty of chances to literally sign away any kind of student debt right now. And I get that there are people who don't agree with that. Um, If not, click out of this podcast because... (laughs) Um, that is, it's not a welcome opinion. I'm just going to be real, but there have been chances to do that easily. Something that I had heard of pretty recently, you know, especially by Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez was like, put an abortion clinic on federal land. That is something you could do. You know, why did it take an entire elementary school to be the victim of gun violence for any kind of action on your behalf and that action is a a gun violence bill that is being negotiated by fascist people in the government by republicans who would love to get an a n rating from the nra at the risk of getting too political you know centrism doesn't work (laughs) that's basically what i'm saying um for folks who don't know centrism is kind of like when you think about the democratic party and the republican party if you're a centrist you're right in the middle of that kind of like spectrum right so what you're doing is you're trying to you know serve both democrats and republicans there have already been arguments being made of like why are you trying to appeal to any kind of of person with the same view of like you know white supremacy for example and even then even on the democrat side This argument has also been made plenty of times where it's like, why aren't you doing anything? (laughs) Why aren't you doing anything? Um, Is it to get your vote in this year because it's an election year? Um, Because there already have been plenty of people who's like, vote for me and I'm going to, you know, fight to bring back abortion rights and I'm going to keep you know, the right to gay marriage. I'm going to fight for that as well, for that to stay um, in the Supreme Court. And it's like, why aren't you doing it now? <laughs> why aren't you doing it right now instead of waiting for people to vote for you because you said you'll do it? I think people are, you know, realizing now that it's like, we don't need that. We don't need that extra waiting because what that gives you is time for shitty people to do shitty things because. I mean, there's not much you can do about it until November. By the way, 2022 is an election year. Um, two years ago, before I knew any better, I would have said, go out and vote. Go out and vote for, for whoever. Listen, I think people are on the right track when they're saying voting doesn't do shit. <laughs> um, and that is... It's very hard for me to, to, to wrestle with sometimes. Not not that fact, but the fact that I do, you know, work in voter registration, right? 
I have a job where I get people registered to vote. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to explain, you know, get registered to vote because then you can vote for XYZ candidate. We're in Florida. All right. Those candidates are very few and far between. All right. And I'm in West Central Florida, so they are even worse. Um, But regardless, it's just like, I guess that's just something that I'm kind of, you know, unpacking right now is just, you know, on, on, on one end of the work that I do, I'm telling people register to vote, 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 vote. And on the other hand, AKA this podcast and most other work that I do, you know, I just got to say voting won't do anything. (laughs) Voting will not do anything. I think that, you know, people saying, saying things about taking matters into our own hands and fighting for ourselves. I think they're on the right track. Not going to lie. Because for years and years and years, we've been told to go out and vote. Go out and vote. Tell your friends to vote. Tell your family to vote. But, you know, first off, voter suppression is still a thing. People still cannot vote, especially in Florida, because of incredibly racist voting laws. Um you know, the work that I do, there have been people that I talk to that they can't vote because they're felons. And, you know, regardless of whether, regardless of how long ago, you know, that conviction was, regardless of how stupid the reasoning is, because of things that have been systematically created to arrest more people of color, in that kind of case, sometimes I just get like, very conflicted i'm like wow i'll still do the job you know it's a job um and at the same time it's just like you know telling people to vote in a system like this where people can get away with saying we won't stand for this while also holding the key to get rid of it or maybe not get rid of it but you know they hold the key to greatly change it or reform it or yassify it or whatever the fuck they won't do any of it and so how do you cope with that how do you cope with that is the question that i am posing now and you know because it's a mental health podcast that i'm hosting it's still very much a mental health podcast um you know I can't give a one size fits all description. You know, I can't tell you individually listener, my dear listener to go out and hang outside and do some stretching outside. I can't tell you to do that because of you might have allergies outside. All right. You might not like it outside. You might want to be inside. I can't tell somebody to do one particular thing because it just doesn't work that way. It's mental health because even different disorders can affect people in different ways. And I guess my response, you know, if I were to ask myself, how do we deal with this? However the hell you want, which may honestly take some figuring out, you know, going back to the example of being outside, maybe you may have to go outside and realize you know what? This is not making me feel better. Let me go do something else. You know, in, in medication, 
in, you know, sometimes it takes a long time for you to find a combination of medicines that will actually work because you got to find first off, which medicine do I need to take? How is this going to interact with other pills that I take? How much of it do I need to take? That can take years. All right. It's taken me probably <laughs> fucking six years maybe. And, and I was going through puberty at the time. So it was like even longer because my brain's still developing, but regardless, you know, Mental health is honestly just trial and error from my experience. It's a lot of doing something, realizing it doesn't work, just moving right along to the next one. Can it be frustrating? Absolutely. It can absolutely be frustrating to, you know, think you're on a good dosage of meds, for example, and then it doesn't work. And then you have to move on to something else in addition to whatever triggered, you know, like an anxiety attack or depressive episode, something like that. And you know, to really process everything that's happening. You can't tell somebody to process things a certain way. That's not how it works. And so to tell somebody, you know, calm down or whatever the hell is crappy. Um, you don't know if that's just how they want to process what's going on. If they're loud, if they're yelling, if they're, you know, screaming, you don't know if they're, if that's their way of processing it or not. So leave it alone is what I'm trying to say. But even beyond that, it's also just like, I, I you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to get uh, nihilistic, right? And think, and think like, you know, this is never going to end. It's never really going to happen. But I know something certainly that has helped me <laughs> is kind of just imagining a society where that has already happened and like basically basically some kind of planet or some kind of world where you know this exact country exists but without all of the you know oppressive systems and that does get i guess that's very you know ambitious sometimes it's some people might call it wishful thinking um, I guess that's just how I may process it is just, you know, working towards a society that's like that. And you know what? Not everybody has to do that kind of work. Not everybody's in the capacity to. For example, gender. <laughs> it's very hard, all right, to explain something like gender or queer identity right because almost always all of the time i'm talking about my gender sexuality it always comes back to well first in order to be seen as human beings we had to be the victims of t- crime we had to be the victims of crime um people were killed there was a Stonewall riot in 1969. You might know about it from the fucking Target candle. That had to happen before any kind of, of legislative action was taking place. You know, gay marriage was not even legalized that long ago. When I was born in 2002, it was still considered illegal. So, you know, that is kind of the scope of what we're dealing with. And so different issues like that affect different people and it can be very tiring to explain that 
you know, even if it's not trauma that I lived through, I wasn't alive during Stonewall, right? But the effects of it is something that the queer community, we, we still feel. Um, or we still might refer back to as a symbol of strength. Right? Same with gender. You know, I am non-binary. <laughs> and even even then, I, I just get fucking nervous to say that, all right? Like, most people know, but me saying I am non-binary and my pronouns are they and he, it's fucking terrifying still. Because I still, I, I guess I still have, like, internal fear of, like, well, what if somebody is shitty and doesn't respect it? Or what if somebody has questions? How am I going to answer it? What if I don't know? Because I don't, I probably don't know. All right, let me just be real with that. It's gender, okay? It's not supposed to be real. I don't expect anybody to have all the answers. Because some questions don't have answers. And some answers don't have questions. So, have fun figuring that out. Um, yeah. Anyways. You know, with all of that said, it's just a lot. It's just a lot happening right now. And I know that there are definitely points where we do get very nihilistic, right? And it's a lot like, well, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? And I really don't know how to console that, to be completely honest. And I guess maybe sometimes I'm like, Am I a mental health advocate? Should shouldn't I be able to say like something uplifting? And I guess at one point I just realized, you know, sometimes that's not a thing. Sometimes you just got to be with how it is and how it feels and you know, like I said in the last episode, just understand that there is just a whole ass community that is behind you and is understanding whether it's about abortion rights, whether it's about July 4th coming up, whether it's about, you know, queer rights and pride month ending. It's just hard to explain. Cause it's like, you don't, I guess the way I'm trying to say it is like, you don't always have to see the glass half full. I think maybe that's just something of, of toxic positivity you know what I mean? Where it's like, you've always got to be positive. You always have to see the glass half full. Always on that grind. I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, it's, it, there's some, there's a difference between I'll sleep when I'm dead and being productive. All right. Being productive. You're just like, I'm going to do what I'm doing and I'm going to get a lot done. And then the other side of that is I'm going to overwork myself and I'm just going to, you know, I'm not even going to care about how I'm feeling. I'm not going to check in with myself. And then that might, might just, might just drop dead. I don't know. But I guess maybe on the, the feeling side of it, of things happening right now, it's just like, you know, being present to how you feel versus not doing that and just trying your best and like trying maybe even overreaching for a happy feeling or a happy emotion when it might not even be there. And it, it, it's, it, I guess it's, it, it's hard to explain, like I said, because I don't want to tell people how to feel because that would be shitty, but maybe this is just my internal process of how I'm feeling. Right. But 
on the bright side <laughs> it's fucking july 1st i'm actually recording this the day i was supposed to release it um because i did not know what to fucking say i had so many drafts okay so it's my fault july 1st disability pride month happy month <laughs> jesus oh my god um I don't even know what I have planned for this month. I was going to do, you know, some podcast episodes on it. I, I still might. It just might carry over into August. But, you know, I definitely would like to talk about that a lot more, um, especially during this month when it is very much like Pride Month in that corporations do capitalize off of disability, which is fucking disgusting to say but it happens they literally just make money off of disabled people's struggles and it's absolutely disgusting but i do want to say that you should be proud of your disability if you have one i'm being so serious right now so serious be proud of it because i think maybe how i feel about it is just like imposter syndrome you know where it's just like okay i'm on the spectrum people like me aren't supposed to be community organizers right i'm not saying that because it's what i think i am saying that because that is what a lot of society will tell me or imply systemically is that people like me aren't supposed to be organizers be managers you know it's a very infantilizing view i suppose of people on the spectrum you know feel sorry for me xyz this and that and i think a big part of disability pride is just rejecting all of that <laughs> um not even just as an act of pride but also as an act of resistance right because how are you going to infantilize the disability of a full-grown adult hello and then just the other part of of disability pride is just again having a community that you can fall back on and that is supportive and that can help you because I, I think pretty pretty often you know people don't understand disability if they don't have it they can research all they want they can observe all they want but they will just never fully understand i won't understand fully what it's like to be on the autism spectrum when fuck i hate using high functioning and low functioning i'm trying to change my language i guess maybe like intensity or maybe how it affects me in certain ways as opposed to others but like i am independent i can be independent you know my social intelligence i suppose is affected um but maybe not to the intensity of somebody else right who might not have full independence and might need more help with you know certain things i will never understand what that's like but the fact that we have a common ground of even having asd is i think just kind of the beauty of, of disability pride right is just you know we might not even know each other but we understand on a mutual deep level that that is what we go through and that that's what we have to navigate every day and it's in different forms sure but having the fundamental we are both disabled conversation i think is just really important so what can what can people do on disability pride month first off acknowledge that it exists 
I feel like some people don't. And I mean, I, I doubt it's because they don't want to. I just think it's because people aren't aware of it. And and just recognize that we understand our limitations. We understand different ways that disability affects us. We understand the different types. We understand how it can be invisible, how it can be visible. You know, we know these things. And we have built a community of being proud of that and being proud of our, our differences and being proud of our similarities. And if you're not identified with a disability, platform us, <laughs> I guess is the best advice I could give is platform people with disabilities this month and every month, as people say, um, and maybe don't you know, make money off of the struggles of that. Right. Um, next thing I would say, which I did say in my neuroqueering episode, or maybe, maybe I did say it. I'm not entirely sure. Um, autism speaks is a hate group. Take off the puzzle pieces on your license plate. I see too many of those down here in Florida. All right. You see them in traffic all the time. My child has autism and there's a puzzle piece. It's representing a hate group. All right. Take it down. Um, which is kind of more of the point of just understand who actually supports disability and who doesn't understand that not everybody does and that there are plenty of people who again make money off of not supporting them so do your research if there's a parade or something happening if there's an event in your community going on come to it talk to people really understand what is happening in our community right now and understand that it is not just a one month thing that we have to fight for and really just you know engage on a human level right and and unlearn this infantilizing view or subhuman view of disabled people that many of us have already internalized right there's a lot of internal internal stuff that I'm working through, you know, and I'm certainly not proud of it, but I just, I have to acknowledge that it's there, you know? So all I'm asking is that you do the same <laughs> anyway. Um, Hey, let me take a minute to shout out some very cool people. Um, I'm going to link down Carla's stuff below. Carla Correa was on my second episode, first ever guest. I'll link down her stuff. Um, if you're in the Tampa, St. Pete, Sarasota area, um, she does a lot of organizing work. And I know a lot of it right now is centered on reproductive freedom. Um, Ada, my friend Ada, host of the podcast Psyched, um, she just released an episode on processing things during troubling times. A lot of it had to do with Roe v. Wade. I know Tampa Bay Abortion Fund in this area um, they're doing a lot of stuff from what I'm hearing. Um, they're also a really big sponsor of, you know, different events going on around reproductive freedom. Um, and just donate to individual people if you can, you know, Twitter, Instagram, people put their cash apps all the time. You know, if you don't want to donate to an organization, I understand <laughs> you can donate to individuals and help them get the care that they need. Um, I'm certain there are programs that, help fund trips to abortion clinics because many of them are the only ones in the state 
sometimes people have to travel out of state and it might be worth looking into helping fund somebody's trip to an abortion clinic. You know, there's action everyone can take is what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to list off some people before I left that are doing some really fucking amazing work already. And with that, um, I'm going to close it out for tonight. Um, I probably will. I might do a part two, maybe later next week, um, before next Friday. But if not, I'll definitely, you know, maybe check in again next week, see what's happening. I sound like a doctor right now. Oh my God. Anyways, take care of yourselves. All right. Hopefully I have some really good guests coming on. I keep saying that. (laughs) I keep saying that. I promise it's happening. Okay. It is happening. Um, but yes thank you so much for listening i really have missed making this podcast sorry i was out but we're back we're here and there's a lot of stuff going on but i'm hoping that everybody is navigating it and taking care of yourselves thank you for the feedback by the way i have still getting i'm still getting feedback from from people about the podcast i think it's really cool and it's really dope that you bring it up in conversations sometimes that's awesome um but again thank you so much I will definitely be back next week. So take care, everyone. Thanks so much again. Have a wonderful weekend. Gonna make myself a-